UtilityMuffinLabs.com is the source for podcasts like 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, the NerdWords podcast, and the Playing Hooky podcast, to name a few. We offer gaming, music, and pop culture content, as well as graphic and audio design, voice talent, and more. Go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com to commission us for your audio needs, digital artwork, and advertising opportunities. UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome, everybody, to another amazing, amazing episode of the Playing Hooky Podcast. Hit me up on the ground. Hit me up on the ground. So thanks for listening, everyone. If I sound a little different, it's because I'm getting over a head cold. And we'll get into my hypothesis as to why I got one in the first place later in this very episode, if you even care, which you probably don't, but whatever. If I sound different, it's because I've been abducted and replaced by a replicant. Um, I have no comment on that. So uh, let's talk about Vegas type things, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we talk about Vegas type things, we made a gross omission on the last podcast. So figuratively and literally. Yeah. So (laughs) um, like we put out on Twitter like, hey, what kinds of things like we might do a podcast about a road trip? What kinds of things would you guys like to hear? And someone or multiple people commented like, oh, the interesting sights you see. And so we thought we covered that. And then about half an hour after we were done recording the podcast, I was at a coffee shop working and I texted Nate one phrase. Yeah. Velvet taco, all caps, <laughs> with an exclamation point. We forgot to talk about the velvet taco. So where were we? We were in... Uh, I think it was New Mexico. We were in New Mexico. We we may have just left, or I can't remember if we were still in Roswell or if it was past Roswell. Yeah. But anyways, we passed a place. We came up on a place called the, the velvet taco. Yeah, and we were like, oh... I think in our heads, both of us at the same time had the same thought of like, that's that's an interesting name. That's a weird name for a taco place. And then like, like in unison, we both went, oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. It was a strip club. (laughs) Yeah. Or it was either a strip club or like an adult bookstore. Yeah. An adult spa. But it was gross, even more gross because it was like in the middle of the desert so it was like these weren't fresh tacos like the the ingredient the ingredients in these tacos were not fresh yeah i don't know like, how i think maybe it was more like crushed velour and yeah less velvet. it was it, i mean i think probably if i was if i was gonna guess mm-hmm. maybe not all of these tacos were old but i bet none of them looked delicious and probably the ingredients you would find in these types of tacos wouldn't be something that you wouldn't you would normally get on a first date it ain't the best ride but there's no line yep yep so uh (laughs) anyway it was pretty grody so we we both got a kick out of the velvet taco we didn't go in obviously but driving past was enough and then just like i would say like in half hour to 45 minute increments for the rest of the day we both just would like (laughs) like shudder (laughs) like mr burns style just like (laughs) (laughs) like when we thought about it yeah because it was like it was like a gross shack on the side of the road in new mexico with just like a sign that said velvet taco and like, all the windows yeah. were blacked out but it was like a it was like a taco bell sized sign you mm. know it was huge yeah and it was just like the velvet taco 
Yeah. And there's like, you know, like three pickup trucks out front all with like, yeah. you know, dented, like looked like they've been driving through the desert for years, mm-hmm. never washed. And you're just like, oh, no, the poor, the poor patrons of the Velvet Taco. Yeah. Well, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel happy for them. But. No. But, you know, it's, it's a living. Yeah. Anyway, so we, we, we've, we've added, we've made sure to talk about the Velvet Taco. Now I can cross <laughs> it off the list forever. <laughs> so if you're driving through New Mexico in a part that you don't recognize and you come across the Velvet Taco... Maybe don't go in. Yeah, Maybe it has all the allure of the titty twister with none of the cool murder scenes at the end. It's true. Yes, it is just. It was just like driving past the titty twister. It was the same <laughs> thing. Oh my god! Because it's like you're in the middle of the desert. I just. I don't think there are cool vampires inside. <laughs> no. I think there's a bunch of like sad do women. Know where, do you know where cool vampires hang out in cities? In cities, not at the Velvet Taco. <laughs> not in the desert. No. Not. At the Velvet Dog. No, there's, there's like just one like, shitty vampire. There's just like one gangrel who just like can't be bothered to go to like Las Cruces. Like that's it. Like I'm just gonna feed on like fat truckers. Yeah. Oh. 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 oh gosh. Okay. So anyway, Las Vegas. That's where we are. This is where we're living for the month. Um, I have some some things jotted down to kind of chat a little bit about. Um, we haven't. You know, so like we're here to kind of work. Nate's taking some classes. He's doing that several nights a week. And I'm still doing my like, you know, regular job, but remotely because most of my work is computer based. And so um, past couple weeks have just been like pretty crazy busy. Just fly by. Fly by. But we did get a chance to do some cool touristy type things and some cool like just non-touristy things like going to concerts and stuff like that. So um, I think. One thing that Nate noticed almost immediately driving around Vegas in the first couple, one or two days is like, wow, this is really a car city, right? Yeah. So one thing I noticed driving around here a lot is that um, there are some very nice classic cars. It seems to be um, it, they, the cars in this city seem to come in like two different variants. Mm hmm. Um, one is like the classic car collector, you know, Mustang or maybe like an old nice Camaro or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a low rider. Y- yeah. yeah, sure. You'll, you'll see those too. But usually I've, I, I mean, I don't know if there's like a scene, like mm-hmm. a car scene here per se, but most of like the low riders I've seen have been kind of janky. Um, but, uh, so like the classic muscle car type. Or, like, I'm so rich and I don't know what to piss my money away on, so mm-hmm. I got a Lamborghini. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Lots or, of Lamborghinis. Or a truck that's bigger than God himself. Yeah, yeah. The, all the trucks here are, they would make every, like, Midwestern farm boy um, envious and, like, cream yeah. their pants. Yeah. they're Like, if you think, like, you know, you're driving through the city, whether it's Indianapolis or Chicago or wherever you are in a big city, and you see someone parking just like a massive truck, like a dually, and you're like, oh my God, like, why do you need that here? That's nothing. There's just like <laughs> some of the most gigantic Fords and Dodge Rams and just like, I don't even know what they are, but they're huge. So that reminds me of, uh, we uh, was it last week or I think the week before, the first week that we were here, we went down to the Strip. And we went through the big stupid pyramid mm-hmm. and we saw that, um, that beetle yeah. that was like all beat up and graffitied mm-hmm. and it's pulling into, I think it was the Luxor. Yes. Yeah, pulling into the Luxor. 
And we go in, we, you know, don't think anything of it, but basically this beetle looked like something out of Mad Max. That's actually something that I've seen fairly regularly out here is vehicles that have a bit of a Mad Max look to them. Yeah, there's also that. Um, So it it pulls in and, um, you know, we don't see it. And then when we're leaving, like an hour later, it's getting towed away. Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) I was like, I wonder what happened there. Yeah. It felt... It felt very World of Darkness to me. It did feel very World of Darkness, yeah. Um, but anyway, lots of muscles, muscle cars on a lot of Mustangs and a lot of... Um, um, so anyway, lots of Mustangs, yeah. and, like a lot of Mustangs. Yeah, an abnormal amount. And uh, the, the Shelby Museum is out here too for people that aren't like super familiar with cars. Carol Shelby was like a very famous car designer, um, worked very close with Mustangs. So that could be part of the reason why we see so many Mustangs out here. There was a ton. Yeah, also um, just the weather's really nice, so it's, yeah. it's easy to have a car like that that you can drive year-round. I feel like if you keep the car out of the sun, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to maintain than in the Midwest. The Midwest, like, you cannot drive it during the winter. If it touches salt, in five years your car is fucked. Like, is this, now is this a... a a Daryl Seaver rule or is this just like a good car maintenance rule? Well, so like salt, (laughs) salt destroys cars, right? right? So if we look at the roads out here, right, the roads, like I've seen cars in like two shades, Mm -hmm. um, really good condition or like the paint is just peeling off from the sun. Right. Because they're older. Yeah. But I haven't really seen any rust at all because there's no salt out here. Mm -hmm. You know, sunlight and heat can damage a car but not as bad as salt will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you if you, you know, if you only drive your car in the Midwest like 3 months out of the year, mm-hmm. you can probably keep it in good shape for the rest of, you know, eternity. Mm-hmm. But um if you, you know, accidentally get one little granule of salt on it, then your car will be dead in five. Yeah, that's that's is, an exaggeration. Yeah. This is your your dad, your dad only drives his Mustang I'm being in the summer. Hyperbolic. I can tell. Um, but anyway, Hyperbly. we went to the Shelby Museum and that was pretty cool. There was like a lot of history there and a lot of cars that were very pretty that you couldn't touch, but you could take pictures of. And it was mm-hmm. free. <laughs> so um, that was super fun. Um, anything else to kind of talk about as far as like the Shelby Museum or I mean, you should check it out. It's free. Yeah. It's south of the strip. Um, if you're here and you want to do something free and see some cool old cars. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give the spoilers away now. We did a couple of things on the strip. Um, yeah, we, we did some stuff on, on the strip and I personally have, uh, I can say that everything that we've done off the strip, I enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Vegas so far for a city. Um, we haven't gambled. We haven't spent a single solitary nickel on a slot machine. Um, but we did some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cool things we did do was on the strip though. Yeah. So I don't know where you're at on your list of things. Yeah, I'm just I just had a list of things that were in chronological order. Um, what were you going to talk about? I was just going to talk about uh, going to the buffet. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about going to the buffet. So um, we we're fans in this household of a gentleman named Mike Chin. And if you don't know who Mike Chin is, he is a YouTuber that has several channels, but our favorite channel in particular is called Strictly Dumpling. And um, he is a Chinese-American guy who is really, really knowledgeable about Asian cuisine, in part because he travels a ton. Yeah. And he travels all over the world, um, you know, Japan, Korea, et cetera, all over Europe, um, all over the U.S. And 
Strictly Dumpling, I think, is his side channel, really, where he just kind of talks about all the delicious food he eats in the different areas that he travels to. I think his main gig is more of like a supernatural, paranormal type channel, like Ghost Channel. Yeah. Maybe that's how he started, but now I think he's probably got a lot of his viewers from like his food channel. Um, so Mike Chin has several videos from different um, times when he's been to Vegas, and you know, like we watched him anyway, so we're like, oh, let's like check out his Vegas videos. And according to Mike Chin, and I think to a lot of like magazines in general, um, and like reviews about Vegas buffets, the best buffet in Las Vegas is the Bacchanal at Caesar's Palace. Now, this is highly up for debate. So yeah. um, we're not going to tell you that your favorite is not the best, but this is the one that we went to. This is the one we went to because we trust Mike Chin. And uh, I got to say, I don't think he... by a consensus, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think, uh, I don't think his opinion disappointed. So this is probably like the first real touristy thing that we did. Um, we went down to the Strip... And, you know, uh, walked around a little bit. <laughs> drove, and, got stressed. <laughs> yeah, drove around, got stressed. Um, found parking eventually. Uh, long story short, at the end of the night, we kind of forgot where our parking was. But we found yeah, it eventually. Yeah, we found yeah. it eventually. We had a photo, so. Yeah, <laughs> we, we knew we could get back to it eventually. But anyway, um, you know, we saw the fountains in front of, like, whatever, uh, the Bellagio yeah. and and walked up and down the strip, went to the link, and there were some shops back there that we went to and had a good time. I don't think either of us were super interested in gambling, mostly because like the casinos are smoking is still allowed in the casinos and although they have a really good exhaust system that helps pump out the smoke, the smell is still like a little I don't know, unpleasant. And also I'm not I'm just like I I've gone to casinos before, I've played slot machines, I've gambled. It's kind of like a one thing I did. I don't have to ha- ever have to do it again. I feel like but it's something that we talked about while we were in the casinos. And I felt like um, because it, it is so apparent to me how the casinos are sort of designed and set up to, to sort of keep you in the, the keep you connected to the slot machines, keep you playing cards, mm-hmm. keep you doing whatever. And looking around at just the strip itself and going, oh, this entire thing, this whole setup, this massive, huge blinking lights, hotels, these huge, massive resorts and all this food and this fanciness, it's all built on gambling. Mm-hmm. Not because people are coming and winning, right. but because people are coming and giving their money away. Right. You know, and for me, it's just like, it's too easy to see mm-hmm. what it is. It's like too in my face. Like, here's where your money's going to go to keep you giving your money. And so I've never been into gambling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never had a desire to go to the casino. I've never felt like, you know, who cares what people say? I'm winning this time. Uh, You don't ever win. Yeah. It's just period. You don't ever win. So long story short, we did not satisfy our dopamine crave with gambling. But what we did do. Yeah, we went to the Bacchanal. The Bacchanal, which if you don't know what the Bacchanal is, it is a very large and pricey, uh, I would say like probably for Vegas, higher uh, higher priced It's not buffet. inexpensive, yeah. It's, it's not inexpensive, but it's not like, you know, you got to be loaded to eat there. You just kind of have to budget for it. Yeah, because we were going to go to one, but uh, the one that's on Sunday, it's like a brunch, but it's, it's, it's like... supposed to be really fancy and you get like free champagne and it's like only on Sunday mornings, but apparently it's a three month wait. <laughs> 
You have to make a reservations, and it's a three month wait. So we're like, okay, so we're not going yeah. to the really fancy buffet, right? And there's a ton of buffets uh, at most of like the the different casinos. There's a buffet everywhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so there's there's a ton of them, but we chose Bacchanal because of the aforementioned reasons. Yeah. Um, which even that the you know there was a bit of a wait. Um, being here, we waited about maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, being here, uh, I've had to really try to curtail my impatience. Oh my because gosh. There's a lot more waiting. Like, I I am a very impatient person. You're super impatient. I didn't realize how impatient you were until this trip, yeah, actually. Yeah. There's been multiple times where he's like, oh, I don't even want to go. Like, I don't want to wait. I'm like, okay, well, hold on. Fuck you. We're waiting. <laughs> like, that happened today. But anyway, continue. Let's talk so, about how. Uh, honestly, the I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't really, I wasn't so upset about the wait. I kind of like, I knew going in in yeah. advance because. You know, it's kind of a popular buffet. And we showed up at an odd time, like pre-dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, we we wait like a half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever. And it's not intolerable. And, you know, we are we have good company. We have yeah. each other to talk to and right. make noises and Lots make, of people make fart sounds yeah. and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, so we get in and, um, yeah, it's a buffet. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you. It, it is. It is a huge buffet. Um, but it's a, it, honestly, it is a buffet much larger than any I've I had ever been to before. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, just like just a huge, massive seating area. Yep. And I don't know if they did this intentionally, but just to, they almost like div, um laid it out by region. So if yeah. you start, you could start like way in the back, and um, you had sort of your your Chinese dishes. Um, you know, dim sum, uh, pork, um, just, I, what, I don't know what's else coming to my, my coming to mind, but like, yeah. you know, Chinese drunken noodles. I mean, yeah. not like, you pot know, stickers. like pot stickers, not like, oh, I'm going to a gross Chinese buffet and like just getting like Chinese flavored American slop on it. But like, you know, pretty good, reasonable dim sum. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. like amazing. It wasn't gourmet, but it was still no, pretty pork good. Pork buns. Yeah. Um, pork buns. Um, wontons, you know, the whole yeah. The whole gamut. Right. And then you, you kind of moved over and you got some sushi and some different like rolls, sushi rolls. Um, and then, you know, like then there was like an Italian section. There was a yeah. section with like more Spanish cuisine, like ceviche taco and bar. pork. Yeah. There was a taco bar. There was um, several different areas where you could get seafood. You could get like cold crab legs. You could get, you know, kind of like warmed up steamed crab legs. There was a area, giant area with all kinds of different cuts of meat. They had... American Wagyu beef, they had prime rib, they had, um, you know, smoked turkey, there was rotisserie chicken, pork ribs, Um, it it goes on and on and on. Just Beef, brisket. Brisket, tons of food, lots and lots, like a a huge seafood selection. Um, And then just, you know, kind of all the fixings, there's like macaroni and cheese and like delicious yeah. little salads. There was a, there yeah. was like a, um, an Asian soup, uh, station where oh, you yeah. could get you, like you, pho, you could get, um, you know, uh, ramen, a right. couple of different like, um, Asian, uh, style soups right, yeah. that they would cook like right on site for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was impressive. The size overall was pretty good. Impressive. Um, I, fu- I fucked up though. Yeah. I completely. Well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about how you fucked up. I told you not to do this, and you yeah, ignored uh, me and did I, it because anyway. Because I because you have look, hubris. Because hubris. Pride. First, there's a there's a couple of reasons I fucked up. Well, but before okay. before we talk about how you fucked up, uh-huh. 
There was also a huge, massive dessert station. Yeah, but see, that's part of how I fucked up. Okay, because, so why don't we talk about it in chronolo- chronological order? Because yeah. you didn't fuck up right away, Nate. No, no, but but here's... Let's talk I, about how you started the race, not how you finished so the race. So let me just mention this mm-hmm. before we, we pile more shit on top of me. Uh, part of my fuck up was not just what I ate, mm-hmm. but it was that I never bothered to go look at the dessert before I fucked up. Right. So that was like an additional fuck up, right? right. It's like a, a fuck up adjacent. Yeah. So anyways, let's continue. So so I so I get my first plate of food. Nate gets mm-hmm. his first plate of food. And we go to town. My first plate of food, I don't remember everything that was on it. But I kind of started <laughs> at the far end and worked my way. I started at the east and worked my way west. I was a little intimidated, so I didn't know where to start. So basically, I just start like following Rachel. And then like I see shrimp and crab legs, and that was it. I yeah. just grab a plate. Yeah. And so I get back to the table and I see that he's just like eating some crab legs. What I didn't realize was that by the time I got back to the table, how much shrimp had you eaten? So it's this weird thing, right? Um, (laughs) That's not an answer. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. (laughs) Like the tongs for the shrimp, like usually like a set of tongs, you get like two shrimp Mm -hmm. and it takes you a really long time. But like for whatever reason, it was the shape or something of these tongs. You could fit like eight shrimp on the thing mm. to get them back onto your plate. So I was like, oh, okay. And no one was stopping me. So I put like three like full tongs full of shrimp. So I would say maybe give or take a pound and a half to two pounds of shrimp. Okay. So before I got back to the table, which it's not like I loitered. No. I was maybe gone from that table 10 minutes. Yeah, plus like four crab legs because that's all I could fit on the plate. But the crab legs were still there when I got back. Yeah, because I had already eaten all the shrimp. Yeah, so you had eaten like like a like a bear that had just woke from hibernation. You yeah. ate like a pound or two pounds of shrimp. Well, because shrimp is really easy to eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not how you fucked up though. Because <laughs> no. you go to a buffet, you get the good cuts of meat. Yeah, you get like maybe the more delicious stuff that you know you can't make or that's hard for you to get wherever yeah. you're from. My strategy for any buffet is I try to go for high end items that are um, like not filling, like, right? Like meats and seafoods. So, 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 what do you not get at a buffet though, Nate? Like, what are some things you shouldn't? If you, if you're okay. at an all you can eat so, buffet that's very expensive, that's like a once in a every 10, 15 years kind of buffet. Like what do you like, not get? Like noodles. You, you don't you get don't, noodles. You don't you get don't, noodles. You don't get potatoes. Also, also, you don't get bread. You don't get bread. And maybe buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I did get some dim sum, but I that's because I I knew what my limits were. Yeah. I got just uh, a couple of like little like you know. Do, um, do you hear? Shumai. Do you, do you hear how she's like rubbing this? One in? pork bun. You uh-huh. know, like something that I knew I hadn't had in a long time. I, I you know just a couple. And then I also had a rule with myself that. If I took two bites of it and I didn't love it, I wasn't going to finish it because mm-hmm. it was an all-you-can-eat buffet and I had the world ahead of me. Right. Right? So we start off pretty good and Nate and I are eating and eating and eating. And like in my mind, I'm like, there's a little bit of pressure. Like this was like, this was like the, I'd say in one sitting, this is the most amount of money we spent was going <laughs> right, to this buffet. Right, right. It's definitely the most amount of money we've ever spent on going out to eat. Not true. With, with, mm, you don't think so? My parents, when we went to... Oh, the, yeah, but when we took like the whole family yeah. out to dinner that one time, that Actually, I think the Brazilian steakhouse was less expensive per person. Per person. Per like, person. It was more was. expensive overall. I probably ate almost as much food, though. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we took the family out to dinner like last holiday season to this really nice Brazilian steakhouse in the Chicago area, and uh, that was an awesome time. But yeah, probably. Anyway, I'm pacing myself. 
I, I go up. I think I've got like two and a half plates worth of food. And it's uh-huh. like, they're not full plates because some of the little salads or the little side dishes yeah, or even little, cuts of meat come in little like little, smaller little bowls. bowls yeah. So you can fit like maybe three or four smaller bowls on like your plate. Um, and I get back at one point and I've already, I, I was smart. When I went, before I went to go get my second plate, I just did a pass, a flyover of the dessert <laughs> station and took like a mental uh, like note yeah. of all the things I, that I wanted that? to try. And then I went back and got my second plate. <coughs> Pardon me. So at some point, Nate and I are like plate for plate. Like we're both three plates deep. And I come back with my plate and I sit down. And Nate's like, this is going to be my last plate. And that's why I have noodles. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't get noodles, Nate. Like, you, like why are you doing this? <laughs> I, I, I even said that. I was, like, like so I was like, why are you doing this? Like, don't you understand the rules of buffet? And I was like, you're not the man you used to be. You haven't eaten this amount of carbs in one sitting for a year or more. Right. And so he's like, whatever, I'm, I'm a man. <laughs> so is, then why that don't you. That is totally what I said. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> I do what I want, damn it. <laughs> so then why don't you tell the folks at home what happened? Uh, what, what do you think happened? Um, I hit the proverbial carb brick wall. Um, I've, yeah, I guess I I probably hit the literal carb brick wall. Like, um, I, so my, I had seafood, Mm -hmm. lots and lots of seafood. Mm -hmm. And then I had like an in-between dim sum with like a bunch of, um, like wonton stuff. And that probably didn't help. Then I had like a plate full of meat mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to finish up, you know, like four plates in. That's a lot. And my plates, you know, I fill them up. I'm, I'm a big boy or I used to be, or, you know, I that's know a, what it's like to be. That's the thing is like, you're, you know what I, you are. I no, pulled, no, no. I pulled the, the classic heroin addict No, no, no. Move. You know what you are. Yeah. The heroin addict or like the guy who like quit CrossFit for a month and yeah. then goes back to CrossFit Pulls and thinks he can muscles. still, yeah, gets rhabdo. That's what you are, but with eating. Like, <laughs> you're, you're fucking like a heroin addict that thinks you can just go back to the old dose. Just you fucking, can't do just, it. Just fucking pounded yeah. in my veins. In, uh, yeah, it didn't work out well for me. No. So uh, he hits the wall and he hits it hard. Like you don't look like you're going to puke, but you just look sad because yeah. I can see inside you have meant you've realized like it's not going to happen for me. But here's, here's the real capper. Here's where I hit the wall. I eat, uh, you know, like a, a half a serving of drunken noodles. I have some, um, I don't know, some other stuff, some chow mein or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I get up and I'm, I'm feeling all right. And I go and I grab my plate and I go to the dessert bar. Oh, yeah, you get, yeah, you And I fill up my plate. Like, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. I'm like, oh, I want one of those. And that's, that's a, you know, mint chocolate chip. And that's that. And, da, 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 da. and I get back to the table. And I have one little lemon bar. And boom. I was like the Monty Python, like the fat guy who blows up. Right. I didn't blow up, of course, but... That was it. Like yeah. wall. Couldn't do it. I have mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like my one of my favorite things of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can't even like bring a spoon to lick it. Yeah. I'm so full. Right. I'm so physically disgusted. Right. All I can do is like drink water slowly. Yeah. It was in, and you know, like coffee. You didn't even want coffee, which was like, because usually coffee kind of, kind of helps you, you know, yeah. settle your food a little bit. At least me anyway. So the funny thing that happened was, was there's a couple sitting next to us um, at like the little booth next to us. And the guy in that couple 
kind of is the same thing is happening to him that's happening to Nate. And I like look at these two because I'm like sitting opposite Nate and I can see the guy I'm sitting opposite and diagonal to him. And they both have the same look on them when that look is like men who have been defeated by the food (laughs) that they love. (laughs) Like this guy had, we got, they got seated before us. And like every time I went up to get a plate, he'd come back with a plate full of crab legs. And this guy was like seafood drunk. Like, he had so many crab legs and yeah. he was not like a big fat guy. He was like a small trim, yeah. young looking yeah. guy, probably in his late twenties, fit, athletic, you know, probably could pile away a lot of food, but he's been defeated. Yeah. He was Meanwhile, dumb. me and this guy's girlfriend are just chowing down on the dessert bar. She was a true champ. She, I, b- both of you were. Well, not to, I don't want to take anything I, I, away we from you. We weren't like communicating or talking, No, but like I saw her come back. With a second bowl of ice cream from the dessert bar. And that meant, I was like, well, fuck it. If this girl can do it, I can do it. I ran six miles today. Let's make this happen. So I go up and I get another thing of ice cream. <laughs> and I was just like, first time, like, I love matcha. Uh-huh. I love anything green tea flavored, matcha candy. Oh, my God. You give me some of the matcha Kit Kats. I go crazy. I love matcha ice cream. It's my favorite. Like, chocolate is my number one. But, like... Matcha is usually what I'll choose if I'm out to eat because if they have it as a choice because I don't usually, it's not as common, right? So I saw they had matcha ice cream and it was good. But this matcha ice cream did have some diminishing returns, which I don't usually experience with chocolate. So I eat the whole thing of matcha ice cream and I was like, that was really good, but it was just like a little too sweet. I need something a little salty, a little bitter. And so I see this girl come back with her second bowl of ice cream and she's like a skinny girl, right? Like, so it's like... I'm like, all right, we got this. We got this. Like, come on, Rachel, you can do this. If she can do it, you can do it. And Nate's tapping out, and I'm not letting this family go down. I'm not letting us spend this money on this buffet without at least having two bowls of ice cream. So I go back, and I'm like, ooh, what do I want? Do I want just straight-up chocolate? And I see that they've got cheesecake ice cream with chocolate and salted caramel swirls in it. Now, I'm not really like a cheesecake person, but you know, after all that really sweet, sweet matcha, that kind of like earthiness to it. I could use some bitter chocolate and a little bit of salty caramel. So I go to the guy and I'm like, I want that cheesecake ice cream. And he's like, you got it, lady. You got it. (laughs) And so he goes and he scoops it out real slow. It's like a slow motion, like in a commercial or something. And like, I could have just been like food drunk at this point, but it seemed like it was in slow motion. But he doesn't just go for any scoop. He goes for one of the, the last perfectly rounded scoops with like, a triangular piece of actual real cheesecake sticking out of the top and he scoops it up so perfectly and places <laughs> it in the bowl like just so neatly so that it's sitting there beautifully this beautiful kind of rocky road moose print ice cream with like a triangular sliver about as big around about half as big as my the palm of my hand stuck in the top of it and I sit down in front of Nate, and he's just like, I'm dead. He's like, he's like <laughs> Meanwhile, fucking... I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> no, he is like, he can't talk. He can't move. He can barely breathe. Like, he's like so full that it's like he almost has to put his hands on top of his head so that his rib cage works appropriately <laughs> so he can like inspirate. <laughs> Meanwhile, I sit back down. I'm like, oh, this has, I was like, this is cheesecake ice cream. And that's cheesecake on top of it. I eat the whole thing. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I did not care. No. I was like, you want a bite? And he's like, fuck you. Um. So, you know, we walk it off a little bit. Um, and that was like our first meal of the day. It was around yeah. three o'clock. That was Nate's only meal of the day. <laughs> Meanwhile, like seven hours later, I come home and have some chips and blueberries. I'm all set. Hold up. 
hold up because mm. we leave the hotel. Yeah. And then we go walk the strip. Yep. Because you want to find the pineapple cookies. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Honolulu Cookie Company. Right. So we go we go to the world's most expensive Starbucks because we walk out of the casino. We walk down the strip or whatever. Nate's finally in a good enough place where he can have yeah. coffee. Now, and then he now needs my, coffee. my body starts working and I'm like, oh, I'm getting drowsy. So we go to Starbucks and we go to like the world's most expensive Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like six fifty for a cup of coffee. And I'm like, give it to me. And I'm choking it down. And we're walking up and down alleys and through casinos and trying it's to find this place. getting a little place. annoyed because I'm trying to find this place. Yeah, because like, I'm getting a little annoyed because I'm getting like meats. Now the meat sweats <laughs> are starting, right? Because I'm like, I'm like bloated fat <laughs> and I'm, I'm operating solely on caffeine and my body's trying to like digest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we finally find this cookie place. And Rachel's got like a little pair of tongs and they have like little samples, yeah. like in little boxes. You get free samples when and you she's go to like, Honolulu. Oh, and she takes her little little uh her, her little tongs and she's taking little pieces and eating them. She's like, You want one? I'm like, fuck off. I'm still I'm still eight hundred <laughs> yeah, pounds. So I probably I was, I probably ate like two cookies. So if you don't know what the Honolulu cookie company is, you can look it up online, but it's this um it's this cookie company that's based in Hawaii, and it doesn't have a lot of locations in like the the mainland U.S. and the lower forty eight. But they make I don't know if there's really anything super special about them, but they make these shortbread cookies that are just so good. I don't know, like they're just so good with coffee, and they've got different flavors. They got pineapple and mango, and like ones that are dipped in chocolate, and they're they're pretty small. They're about like an inch long, um, not as 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 thick as a like a Walker shortbread cookie, but they're yeah. they're they're tasty. And then if you anytime you go into one, you can get like all the free samples you want. Um, <laughs> which I took advantage she was of. Like, that. Oh, I wonder what all of them taste like. <laughs> so you know, she goes on like a a free sample rampage. And let's just say I've never been a skinny person, and nobody in my family is skinny. So uh, I like to eat. And anyway, yeah. So so, so then we buy cookies. Yeah. 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 Then we then we buy cookies. We get some stuff for the family. We yeah. Do some we, do some yeah. like you know holiday Christmas shopping. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Then then like we have like a kind of a post meal passive aggressive hate session. Yeah. Because we're like crowded and I'm cranky and cantankerous. The coffee kicks in for both of us. Yeah. And then we're happy again. We go try to find our car. Yeah. That is just a story of us not knowing where we parked because it's Casinoville. Yeah. And then we go home. And then we go home and then, you know, I eat again and Nate. And she eats more. I eat more. I just said it was a she's snack. Like, she's like, let's get some chips. <laughs> Like it's a cheat day. We had to stop by the grocery store anyway because we need to get some water and I think hand soap. Yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, chips!" And he's like, "Are you high? Like, how are you still eating?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's cheat day. I was just like, want some salt and vinegar chips." Oh, these pickle chips. I mean, they're good, but I'll never eat them because I just ate 80 pounds of food. No, I did. I, I like somehow in my brain when I think back on that time, it, I wasn't speaking with my voice, but I was like possessed by the voice of like Rachel in the alternate dimension who weighs like 600 pounds and i was like let's get chips like i was just like let's get chips and eat all night it's <laughs> like, like who are you and then i think you like we, we came home and then uh you fell asleep yeah basically like i had <laughs> i had some i had some chips and i had some blueberries because like I eat blueberries almost every day, and I was just like, my body was like, oh, what the fuck? It's 8.30. Like, where are our blueberries? And I'm like, but we've eaten so much, and they're like, God damn it, blueberries. I was like, okay. So I had some blueberries, and then, like, I don't even remember what we were watching on TV, but I passed out. I feel like we were watching a movie. It was like Bill and Ted or something. Something weird was on. Yeah. 
And then I, I don't remember anything. Nate just left me on the couch and I slept it off. I wake up at like six in the morning. I'm like, oh, like, like, I'm like, where am I? Who am I? What happened? Uh, I fully expected not to be able to poop for like the next five days, but it all worked out. So I'll just leave it there. Um, but anyway, uh, that was our Bacchanal food adventure. So, Nate, did it live up to the hype? Uh, in retrospect, I, I, I would have done it differently. There were yeah. some things, uh, on, there were some things on the buffet that I thought were really, really good. Mm-hmm. And there were some things that I thought we might've gotten like later in their life on the buffet. Mm. It, you know, it's a buffet. Like yeah. here's the truth of it. When you go to a buffet, you're paying for overall quantity of food. Right. Right. And if the food is good quality, that's a big bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the foods like the brisket was was garbage in yeah, my opinion. It was it was, it was, oh, it was dry. It had mm-hmm. been sitting out for too long. Um, the American Wagyu uh, I did not like. I thought it was tough. Um, but again, it's probably because I got it late. However, everything else I ate until I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. If that's the criteria for a good buffet, then yes. If the criteria is the food that I had was it good? It was as good or better than any food I'd have at a non-buffet restaurant. Right. So it was solid, well-made food at a reasonable price, all things considered. Yeah. Um, I would... What, what, what would we... If we went to go get barbecue, just like if we got like a slice of brisket and a rib and a side, like that's a $30 meal. Yeah. So I think like two pounds of shrimp plus everything else I ate. Yeah, I got my money's worth. Yeah, you got your money's worth. I think... I think it is a really good buffet. I've never been to a buffet like it before. It's the only buffet I've been to in Vegas, but I thought it was good. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Um, for the amount of money you pay, I think you get what you pay for for sure. Um, the prime rib was really good. Yeah. The pork ribs were really, really good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the other item that surprised me, and now I kind of broke the no pasta rule too, but not really. They had these little dishes of singular pieces of ravioli uh-huh oh, oh yeah there's mushroom ravioli they had this like mushroom ravioli that i think had truffle oil on it what the fuck was up with the watermelon oh i don't know there was yeah so but, but i gotta say my favorite yeah. things on uh, that i got were the ravioli and the pork ribs uh-huh. so if you do go to the bacchanal don't sleep on those ravioli they're really good yeah so uh they did something with uh um Watermelon too. Yeah, they had like a little watermelon uh, two salad. Little, two little chunks of watermelon with like some kind of like salt, spices, and like vinegar on it. I mm-hmm. think, and it was like holy shit! It really was, good. It, yeah, I've never had watermelon like that. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. How was the crab? Because I don't. You, I, here's uh, a mission about me. I don't like any kind of shellfish. Uh, I've tried really hard to like it. I used to work in the Gulf of Alaska and had ample access to fresh shellfish that I tried. Still didn't like it, so it's not an issue of living in the Midwest. But tell the people at home, how is the crab? Here's a little secret about crab. It's peasant food. Uh, it tastes like crab. Uh, basically, crab tastes like crab. It, it's, I mean, it's... It, it was good. Yeah, it, yeah. it, was, it was good. Okay. Uh, you know, a bad crab, I think, just makes you sick. Mm-hmm. Um, every other type of crab is just crab. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, it was good. It was, it was boiled crab. The crab that I ate was boiled and they cut the legs in half so you could do less work. And, um, yeah, it tasted like crab meat. Good. So 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, the shrimp was good. I really enjoyed shrimp. I don't know if that's been emphasized enough on this particular episode of this podcast, yeah. but I really like shrimp. Yeah. So you like shrimp. Yeah, it's yeah. true. All right. Cool. Um, the day before we went to the Bacchanal, we actually did go down to near the strip. Uh, strip adjacent to Fremont Street, yeah. which is like if you have never been to Vegas, but you've seen pictures of like uh, an area that's covered with like a covered roof yeah. with like a TV. That's like 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 yeah, it's like a big screen up above you. Yeah, and like people can like zip line down it, and it like changes and stuff. Yeah, that's Fremont Street. So that is not on the strip. It's not on the strip. It's kind of like it, it. It's perpendicular to the strip, a little bit north of it. But you could still walk to it or take an Uber. I think from like the northern part of the yeah. strip. It's more. It's uh, more party ish. Yeah, it reminds me. It's kind of trying to have like a little bit of like a Bourbon Street vibe, or if you're from Indy or have been to Indy, kind of like a Georgia Street vibe. If you've been to Gen Con, um, but it's not. It's not like nothing is like Bourbon Street, and in and this was you know it's it's okay. Um, we get down there to go to a concert, um, a little bit, uh, to the east of the area that's like covered over with that giant television screen. I forgot screen that was the day the before. <laughs> I'm sorry? I forgot that was the day before. Yeah, that was the day before. <laughs> it's hard for me to keep things chronologically ordered in my head. D- just normal. Eating as much food as we did, it's kind of akin to probably like using psychedelics where when you look back on it in the past, you're like, when was that? What? what? <gasps> Um, so anyway, uh, the night before we went to this concert called the Holiday Hellfest that was at the Fremont Street um, Country Club, yeah, and which was like a concert venue that had two rooms side by side you could walk between, and that was kind of a cool concept. But there were a lot of heavy metal bands, yeah. and Nate kind of found out about this I think from a friend a little bit at the last minute, and um, there were a couple of really or like a handful of really cool death metal bands, and then like one guy I was interested in seeing because he was the only one I knew about beforehand, but the acts that were playing, I think it was headlined by Cattle Decapitation, but also playing were Atheist, The Darkest Hour, Primitive Man, Vitriol, who I really liked, uh, Gods of Hate, and Author and Punisher, who I wanted to see. He was one of the smaller opening acts. Like I think he was one of the first four to go on, but he was really good. Um, So that was... Tons of fun. Nate, now you have been fans of some of these bands for a long time. Like, yeah. how was the concert? Um, what did you think of the venue I mean, and all that? I, the venue was interesting. I've never been to a place. <laughs> um, I also have never been to, like, a metal fest, um, mm-hmm. which I guess it, this might be a little bit more common than um, I'm familiar with. But um, this particular venue had uh, a stage on the left and a stage on the right. And basically there was a wall that separated the two rooms. Mm-hmm. And you would walk back and forth between those two rooms. Uh, after a certain period of time that became of little interest to me, um, because a lot of the bands I'd never heard of were playing in the room on the right and the bands that I knew were playing in the room on the left. So we didn't really end up seeing all of the bands because Mm -hmm. even though, so basically how it would break down was one band would start on the one stage and then while that band is playing, the band on the other stage is setting up. So you could walk back and forth and see all the bands if you wanted to. Mm Uh, I just didn't care. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, I was there to see the bands that I knew. And I'd never seen Atheist before. Actually, I'd never seen any of these bands before uh, this show. So it was cool to go and see a lot of these bands for the first time and also discover a couple of uh, new bands like Vitriol. Like, I thought they were fucking awesome. Yeah, they were great. So look them up. It's Vitriol spelled exactly like the word is spelled. 
Um, but they're a death metal band, I think out of the Northwest, I want to say Oregon or Washington, I can't remember, but they're really good. Um, and they have some videos on YouTube. Uh, so check them out if you like death metal, but, um, the, the, the band I, or the, the, the act I was interested in seeing was author and punisher. Um, so I'd say like my favorite types of metal by genre is probably like ambient black metal and doom metal because in general, if I'm listening to music and I don't want to like, I mean, I don't know, like, I can't say it's like my favorite type of music, but I think of like weird subgenres of metal, it's probably those two because I can listen to them while I'm doing other things and they don't distract me enough from those other things, but they kind they of like put influence. me in the influence and they get me in a good mindset. So I'll listen <sighs> to those types of music a lot while I'm writing um, or while I'm doing things around the house. I was uh, I was actually a little surprised. <coughs> I was actually a little surprised that uh, Author and Punisher was going to be on this tour with these bands because they they don't, in my mind, they don't really populate the metal genre. Um, Author and Punisher? Yeah, I like I would consider them more of like electronic music. So, but but yeah, according to his website, um, he considers himself doom metal or industrial metal. Yeah. Yeah. So there I mean there is like um you know, I, I mean, it's heavy. Like don't it's get me wrong. Very it's heavy. very heavy. And like, you know, I don't really know where else you would plant that band. Yeah. Um and I assume maybe the reason why I like them is because of the type of music that I like already mm-hmm. um but yeah i wasn't really sure like how well received author and punisher was going to be because you know there's no guitars it's yeah. like all handmade instruments right you know very like avant-garde kind of uh material right. so this 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 band or this act author and punisher is a one-man act um by a guy named tristan Schoen, and he's from uh, san diego california but i think he used to be or maybe still is but he was a, like a mechanical engineer uh, who was very into music and um, built his own machine uh, that he makes the music with. So it I can't describe it other than that. Then it's just like this apparatus, this machine um, that he plays to make this music. Yeah. And you have to look it up on YouTube. Like if you look up... Um, the if you look him up, author and punisher on YouTube, there are a couple of music videos where he's actually playing it, and you can see what I'm talking about. But it's really interesting. It's really dynamic. It's it's just like very like layered, um, doom metal. And so it was really cool to see him play it live. Um, and he gets really into it. And it's very heavy. It makes your whole body vibrate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's something almost hypnotizing about it. Yeah. But the, one of the reasons why I was like so excited to go see him is we just saw Tool about a month ago, a little over a month ago, um, when they were touring through the Midwest. So they went to Indianapolis and Chicago. We were able to get tickets for Indy. So we saw him in Indy, and the Killing Joke was opening for them, which was like another cool band I'd never heard of. And then like about three weeks after the show, Nate goes, oh, Tool's going to be in Las Vegas. Oh, but it's three weeks after we leave oh no and i'm like what and he's like oh author and punishers opening up yeah. for them and i'm like no like the timing was just like like just off by three weeks where we could have seen tool again in vegas with author and punisher opening up for them which is like he's a small act and he doesn't tour a ton and um we were just like you know like oh no we're not gonna get to see author and punisher and i honestly we would have paid a stupid amount of money to see tool again probably yeah um but he does, I think, fit in really well with Tool yeah. as an opener. And I don't know that necessarily, like, 
a lot of tool. I don't. I don't think a lot of people know about him yet. But no. I think he would be a good opening act for Tool. I for think. Sure. I think Tool is kind of like a weird band in in that uh, they do appeal to a pretty large variety of different like types of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are in a lot of ways a very mainstream band. And I think taking like Killing Joke and Author and Punisher on tour with them is really awesome because. Killing Joke is a classic band that's been around for, you know, 40 plus years, Mm -hmm. but isn't, I don't think, really known at all to mainstream fans. And Author and Punisher, also not really well known, you know, to mainstream fans and really like avant-garde. So um, I think it's, I think it's cool that they would bring Yeah. So when I, when I found out, Nate was like, oh, you know, Author and Punisher's playing at this venue on Friday and, oh, we might not be able to get tickets. I'm like, we have to go. We have to go. I really want to see Author and Punisher. Yeah, our, our friend Ian was supposed to come out from L.A., but life got, got in, the in the way. way. But that's yeah. okay. We still went to see him. So anyway, super fun show. But I think the combination of being really stressed out, working hard, going to a heavy metal show, staying up really late, and the fact that you can still smoke everywhere in Vegas, yeah, <coughs> um, including this concert venue and the casinos, and then going out and being around thousands of people the next night after – Probably suppressing my immune system by eating three days worth of food <laughs> got me a pretty bad head cold. Um, but you know what cures a head cold, Nate? Uh, lots of water. Lots of water, but also really good soup. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, actually. What is the cure for the cold? So back, back, backing up to our previously mentioned fan fandom of Mikey Chin. Uh, Mikey Chin also has been to Vegas several times, as we already mentioned, and has reviewed a bunch of his favorite buffets in town. But he also makes time to get off the strip when he's here and tries out kind of cool restaurants, local restaurants that, you know, you would really have to be either a local person or get off the strip entirely to uh, try. And there is a Chinatown in Vegas and a Koreatown. Uh, So... Uh, he's reviewed a couple of restaurants around there. And so Nate and I both love noodle dishes. We like pho. Right. Uh, we love Sichuan beef noodle soup. Um, and so there was this place that Mikey Chin reviewed, and he said it was like some of his favorite noodles in Vegas, even better than some of the places he had in New York, um, called Shang Artisan Noodles. And so we were like, we got to try it. So I'm still getting over my cold, feeling a little bit better. And I'm like, some spicy warm soup would be really good today. <laughs> It's like 50 degrees outside. It's a good soup day. So my favorite part of this whole <coughs> my favorite part of this whole trip is um oh, it's, yeah. a, it's on a Friday. We drive there at like noon for yeah. lunchtime. And we're like we're going to break our fast and go have noodles. Yeah. And all right, all is well in the world. And my little impatient head starts to get in a tizzy and we drive past and like this place has like a tent out in front for people to wait to get in. Like, this is not something that I anticipated. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to wait. And and Rachel's like, nah, fuck that. Like, we drove all the way out here. We we just drove like half an hour to get here. We're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I was like, I will buy you something from the gas station across the street. But I am waiting for these noodles. <laughs> Mikey Chin has talked these noodles up. And I don't know if it was Mikey Chin's video. But I think it was a combination of Mikey Chin's video um, word of mouth from locals and whatever kind of like texting that is happening among like tourists from parts of Asia. <laughs> but we get there and it's a 40 minute wait 
There are people like standing around outside waiting. There's no room inside no, no, to sit yeah, and wait because it's it's a only. small venue. It's just like a like a very very small restaurant. Um, and they have put up a tent outside, uh, like kind of commandeering part of the parking lot for people. I thought there to was like an event wait. going on. Yeah, no. It's just that there's no room inside for people to wait. Like this place is going to outgrow itself pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Mikey Chin reviewed this place back in September of 2019. I think that's when that video is from. Yeah. And I remember in the video it's saying like now open. Yeah. So this place isn't that old. So either someone works somewhere else in Vegas and they took all their skills and opened their own place since relatively new. Yeah. Or there's just like a lot of good word of mouth because this place is packed. But the, the I mean, the real thing of it is... But that would sound like very Minnesota. Yeah. Well, the, the real, real thing of it is. Uh, don't go down there by the road there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> Some the, things the, are better dead. <laughs> That's what it sounded yeah, like to me. Yeah. Like <laughs> Sometimes dead main. is better. Don't go over the road there. Yeah. <laughs> don't go up there by the pet cemetery. Yeah. Gage. <laughs> Let's go have a drink down by the bubbler. <laughs> So anyways, uh, they make their, their noodles on site. Like there, there are people behind the counter yeah, pulling noodles, you know, doing the whole, like it's not, it's, it's an not, aerobic activity. Right. It's yeah. not something that like I've experienced in, you know, my travels, right. uh, going to a place where they're like making noodles on site. And so the noodles you order are made fresh. Yeah. Like probably anywhere from like. Five minutes to an hour before you eat them, if right, that. Right. But they're so busy that they're probably like, yeah, yeah the noodles you're eating have been made very, very recently. Right. And and the dough for your wontons. They're making their own dumplings in-house, their wontons right. in-house. Like everything is done in-house, right? <laughs> so we get in, we put our name in. It's a 40-minute wait. So I'm like, okay, we run across the street. We get um, like a Topo Chico and like a little cookie from the gas station. I had to buy a lighter. <laughs> yeah, and he had to buy a lighter because he couldn't open the Topo Chico. Because I, I bought a glass bottle, uh, you know, this is like imported from Mexico or whatever. Yeah. So it's not a twist off. It's mm-hmm. a it's a pop off. And uh, they didn't have a bottle opener. So I had to buy a lighter. Yeah. What I think is funny is you didn't buy a bottle opener. You bought a lighter. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I can use this lighter to light things on fire later. Whereas a bottle opener, I can only use it to open bottles. So okay. Plus, we already got a bottle opener here at home. It's true. So, you, so, so you win. But anyway, <laughs> back to the noodles, Nate. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, like I don't know why he thought he needed to do this. He's like, yeah. So now I can open bottles and ka-chunk, light things on fire. What you can't see is is that he lit the, the the lighter right in front of my face. Like I felt the heat of it on my nose and I'm like, okay, don't need you to do that again. I know you're hungry, but let's use a little dexterity here, Nathan. <laughs> like, I didn't realize it was that close yeah, to her like, face. Yeah, he was like, and I'm like, geez, are you trying to burn my eyebrows off? I have hairspray in. Like this isn't a safe thing. Um. So anyway, long, we get to the noodles. We get, like we, we already know what we want. We sit down and order and it did not disappoint. It was so good. So I got the... Uh, um, the sh- the shung beef noodle with the hand shaved noodles where they kind of cut it off to um from like the the roll of dough directly into the boiling water, um and Nate got the hand pulled noodles um that was really good and then we got I, th- I think what what we sh- what I regret not getting are were the spicy wontons yeah. But we got um, steamed dumplings and pot stickers and their presentation on the way they cook the pot stickers is they like put all six pot stickers in a circle and then they fry them uh, in some kind of like 
like the bottom has some kind of batter on it. I'm not sure. Maybe just like dough uh-huh. to kind of bind yeah, them I'm together. Sure. Yeah. And then they flip it upside down and serve it to you on a plate so that like the crusty, delicious part that was in contact with the oil is like up and it's like really pretty and brown. It's pretty cool. I'll have a picture on my Instagram. But anyway, um, it was so good. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah, it was, it was exactly it what It was we an needed. amazing meal. It was it was well worth the wait, which was less than what they quoted us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it like the broth was, uh, it was pure magic. It, it was so good. It was so beefy yeah. and delicious and best uh, meal we've had in Vegas. So it's the far. best meal we've had in Vegas so far. Better than the buffet. Um, better than In and Out. In and Out is what it is, right? In and Out is is a burger. It's, it's burger and fries. It's really good burger. We, and fries. Yeah, it's really good burger and fries, but like. Beef noodle soup, pot stickers, steamed dumplings. With like, like homemade dough, homemade yeah, noodles. With, yeah. with delicious vinegar, with, uh, you know, all the, all the, all this stuff to go mm-hmm. with it. It was just like, yeah. yeah. First meal of the day. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, another thing that was pretty interesting about this place is, um, like I said, the word of mouth must be. Um, actually, can I just have it because my throat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cough drop. Needs fidgeting with the cough drop, and I'm I like, can't help it, guys. I'm, I'm like, very fidgety. I'm like reaching for it, and he's like, "No, I'm fine." I'm I, like, "No, I just, I just want a cough drop." I need adult mittens. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you need like a little stray jacket, is what you need. <laughs> right, yeah, um, right. But anyway, we were uh, just we were just talking about this the other day too, because I I was editing one of our actual play podcasts. And I'm eating at the table Mm -hmm. and I'm so mad at myself. I'm like, you fucking idiot. You know, you shouldn't eat while you eat or record, eat or record. And I'm doing the same thing right now. I know I shouldn't fidget, but I can't help it. I know. It's okay. I can't help. Okay. Anyways, carry on with your story. Enough about my bullshit. Um, just don't fidget with fire, please. Yeah. Just like, just grab like here, play with no, the toilet no, see, paper. I'm gonna do like the the girl from Saturday Night Live and yeah, just stick, my, get hands nervous, stick my, my hands in my armpits. Yeah, and sniff them. Yeah, you can sniff them later. Um, I'm okay with that. I won't judge you. I love you. Anyway, was <laughs> I <laughs> talk? Oh, the co- kind of thing about this this place, the the uh, Shang Artisan Noodles is like I don't know what word of mouth has been going on. I know they have a Facebook page, but one thing that was kind of strange that I've I've only seen it a couple other places. I think once in Austin at like a barbecue place where you had people that were making Torchy's Tacos. Was it the taco place? Yeah, Torchy's Tacos. Torchy's Tacos. Where you had people who were getting ready to leave town that before they went to the airport, they were stopping at this place to eat. Yeah. Um, There were like at least two or three different groups of people who came in with their luggage and left in Ubers probably to the airport with luggage to make sure that they ate here before they left. Because then it kind of makes sense. It's like it's off the strip. You know, like you can see the strip from it, but it's probably like a 10, min, 10 maybe 12 minute drive from the strip. So unless you have rented a car, you're not going to be able to get away from the strip easily. You're going to have to take an Uber out there. So why not just like do all your gambling, all your casinoing or whatever. And then before you leave town, hit up this awesome noodle place. Right. And there were at least three groups of people all of them Asian, <laughs> stopping at this noodle place. And here's here's the truth. I don't know if this is racial, but it's just true. The way you know, white people know, <laughs> if Chinese food or Japanese food or Thai food or any kind of like East Asian food, I, Indian honest, food. Honestly, I, I would go so far as to say any food that isn't made exclusively or predominantly by Caucasians. Yeah. The, the way we know if it's actually good is if 
people who aren't Caucasian are eating there, right? right? <laughs> like if you go in, there's a there's a place by where I used to live. It's a sushi place I won't name, mm-hmm. but um, we all knew it was shit because only white people ate there, right? Right. <laughs> also, only white people worked there. Yeah, because white people don't know what delicious food is. No, no. We well, suck. you know, we maybe we do, but. Maybe we do, but it's like, it's not because any of our grandparents no. made it. Like, we, So anyway, we go in and, and there's just like really good word of mouth. Now that's not to say that like we were the only white people there. That's definitely not true. But it's like when you have like people from other places who are like making a specific point to stop at this noodle place before they go to the airport to go back to wherever they're uh-huh. from, whether it's like Las Vegas or, you know, Los Angeles or New York or wherever, Georgia or China or Japan, whatever. They're making a point to stop at this noodle place. You know, you've made a good decision and it was a good decision. Yeah, it was no bullshit. It was so amazing. Yeah, it was so good. So if you are in Las Vegas and you want to get off the strip and you want to have like a delicious noodle dish, um, because they didn't just have soups, but they also had other noodle dishes. And also, here's another thing that, that I know that they're good. Because there's been a lot of restaurants we've eaten at in Vegas, and we haven't eaten out a ton, but we've eaten out like half a dozen times. And Nate has commented on this, is that they all seem to suffer from not knowing what they are. Yeah. This place did not have that problem. It was a noodle place. It served mostly only noodle dishes, and then some dishes that required you to make like, you know, dumplings. We went to a a ramen. But but this place was on point. It was really good at what it was doing. And it did it really well. And it wasn't trying to be anything that it nope. wasn't. It, it had a very limited menu. It was perfect. Yeah. So uh, just as an aside, we went to a ramen place on Friday before we went to the show. Mm-hmm. It was Concert. on Fremont Street. And I won't name the name because um, I, I, this place suffered from the same problem. It was like trying to be a ramen place and a sports bar. Right. You know, it had fucking TVs on the wall and, and sports games. I'm like spitting. Sports games playing. Sports games? Sports games. It's playing sports games. <laughs> nerd. Uh, fucking nerd. <laughs> sports had, games. They had uh, sports ball on the TV. No. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, they had sports playing on the on the TVs. And, and uh, they had a bar. Right. And it's just. And it uh, wasn't just ramen. It was like Asian fusion. Right. Yeah. It, so it really didn't know what it was trying to be. Mm-hmm. And because of it, I felt their food suffered. I didn't have the ramen, but I ordered a bento box and I got like a, basically a pork cutlet that was just straight fill. It was just straight uh, batter. That, yeah. that was There was like no pork in it. And it was so overcooked. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish pork. I know. Yeah, I know. I was there. I remember. What the fuck is wrong with you? And the ramen was the ramen was okay. Like yeah. if you'd never had ramen before, you'd have been like, "Oh, this is really good." It yeah. was all right. But we've been to like three different places where every place we we we've gone into every every one of those places, I'm like, "Oh, this place would be cool if they would get rid of like the weird bar and the TVs." Right. So so the ramen place was one. Mm-hmm. Another place was the first night we were in town. We were starving and we were just looking for something that wasn't a fast food joint. It was a, a Filipino place. The food was okay, yeah. but same problem. We get there. Um, too much space. Too much space. Like there weren't a ton of people in there. The that, cooks kind of seemed to be like bored. Yeah. Um, and there was like a giant area for like you could set up and play games or like beer pong or something. There were yeah. TVs everywhere. It was like, like I wasn't a, sure like if a, it was a restaurant a or a mixer, sports bar. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, like whatever. And then we saw this happen again. There's this coffee shop, which I won't name names, but I've seen it reviewed on a couple of different um, prominent YouTube channels. 
and read about it as being like one of the coolest coffee shops in Las Vegas. It's not on the Strip, but it is in that downtown area not far from there. You could take an Uber from a hotel, casino, and be just fine. Um, But I don't want to talk shit about it, so I'm not going to give its name. But it's supposed to be like a great coffee shop. Well, it has... Okay, so so don't call yourself a coffee shop and then serve coffee that isn't hot. Okay? One. Two, if you're going to serve breakfast and brunch and you're a coffee shop, okay, that's fine. But get your dinner menu down pat before you decide to expand into dinner. So we should roll up into this place, and it is a coffee shop, but the coffee that they served Nate and I around 5 o'clock in the evening was lukewarm. Yep. And the, the food... Took a, after we were waiting on a friend to join us, so it, it you know that was okay that they were a little slow there. Um, but after we all three placed our orders, it was an hour before we got our food, yeah. and we didn't notice because I didn't notice because I was catching up with an old friend I'd not seen in a long time that just happened to be in Vegas for a conference, and we got together for dinner with him one night. But then. Nate noticed because he was fucking hungry and he was kind <laughs> right. of like, he was a, a little bit of third wheel in the conversation every once in a while. And he's like, where the fuck is our food? And it was an hour before we got our food. Yeah. And then when we got it, it was like, eh, okay. Yeah, it and was, there yeah. were like TVs all around. I ordered a salad with steak and the steak, I ordered it like medium, like a steak and it was overcooked. Yeah. And like my food was okay, but, um, yeah, but they, like the thing you, that they was, were more interested in conversation, right? So yeah. you and your friend are kind of like eating idly, but I'm like left to to kind of analyze the mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah, and I'm like, there's a ton of young people here, and they're all drinking and mm-hmm. eating just like kind of appetizers, nothing. Right, big. they're drinking alcohol. Right, right. But this place is supposed to be a quote coffee shop, and there are like there's one table kind of in the back where. There are like three or four people who are like on their laptops studying or doing work or whatever who are drinking right. coffee. So it doesn't like, know. It doesn't know. Is it a sports bar? Is it like a casual evening dining place? Is it a coffee shop? It's not a fucking coffee shop because you don't tell me it's a coffee shop and then give me like lukewarm coffee. <laughs> right, right. Like unless it's like a freaking like MCL cafeteria where old people eat, that coffee <laughs> needs to be hot when you serve it right, to me. You know what right. I mean? I was like, I was irritated about the coffee. Right. Like yeah. I just like, I, I found that I was offended. Yeah, I was very annoyed by it myself. But anyway... Shung Artisan Noodles did not suffer from that because it was trying to be one thing and it did that one thing really, really well. Do you remember what the name of that place, the fusion place that we went to in, in downtown Indy was called? I don't know if we ever talked about it on, on here because we went there before Tool. Do you remember what that place was called? Ooh, no, but I could look it up really quick. That yeah, place was look, awesome. Look it up really quick because that place, that place did expertly what all these other places were trying to do. This place did like like real asian fusion and it was like there was hip-hop playing and there was like posters of biggie smalls and tupac and like it was super modern but they served like six things and everything that they served was fucking delicious i think it was rook yeah i believe so I i think so yeah it was rook um yeah so if you're in indianapolis and you're in the downtown area um, it's in the Fountain Square area, so it's a little bit uh, like east of downtown. Um, but you can easily take an Uber and get there pretty quickly. Um, but it's called Rook, and they have really, really good Asian fusion food. Um, pretty delicious little like pork bun sandwiches. Um, dun really dun good noodles. Dun dun noodles, ramen. Um, the atmosphere is really cool. Um, they have like a delicious little like 
dessert. Um, I can't think of everything on the menu, but it's called Rook. It's super good, yeah. actually. And here's another thing that I'll say in defense of Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis is not a city that is well known for having a lot of culture, right? Mostly what Indiana is known for is like fucking Mike Pence and Pete Buttigieg, right? <laughs> right? Like it's not known as being like a bastion of culture. Right. But Indianapolis has got a lot of really good restaurants. Yeah. And I don't know exactly why that is. I think it's because possibly because the cost of living is really low that it allows artisans to move in and be creative and take risks with properties and business ideas. Yeah. And then the ones that are really good stick around. Yeah. I, um, I, I, all I can say for people that are listening to us, if you go to Indianapolis for Gen Con, do yourself a favor and Uber to a place that's not on the freaking two main roads that the convention centers yeah, are. Yeah, get away from the food trucks. The food yeah. trucks are fine. They're a novelty. They're fun. But there are a lot of really good restaurants in Indianapolis in the Fountain Square area and Broad Ripple yep. that are worth your time and kind of help you get away from like the congestion of Gen Con. Um, but Rook is really good. Um, I highly recommend it. But yeah, so anyway, like I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is like, there are a lot of good restaurants in Las Vegas, no joke. And off the strip specifically, there are a lot of great restaurants that the locals go to that live here that are like locally owned. Um, we've been to a really nice breakfast place. Yeah. This uh, Shang Artisan Noodles place is really good. There's supposed to also be a lot of really other great um, Korean barbecue places and other places. Just tons of good food all around yeah. if you get off the strip. <clears throat> um, and that being said... Indianapolis is pretty good by comparison because we've we've eaten out in a lot of really interesting good places yeah, in Indianapolis. Just not after nine p.m. Yeah, just after <laughs> after nine. If you want to eat after nine o'clock, you're basically hosed. What are you doing up? Go to bed. Yeah, go up. <laughs> Don't you know you live in Indiana? Right. Go to here, bed early here Chicago. you can get you can get food uh, at any time that you'd like. However, yeah. there's no guarantee it will be on time. Um, but that's just like anywhere else. Yeah. So no. Uh, anything else? Uh, that was kind of all on my list of stuff that we've done. Cool. Worth talking about. Well, we're going to be here for another couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then we're going to drive back home. Mm-hmm. But we may go tonight to see the new Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and we, for the first time, both saw Episode Eight last night. Mm-hmm. And we may be a little bit late and a little bit out of the loop. Yeah. But we will have opinions because both of us have very strong opinions about Eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll have strong opinions about nine. So maybe for the first time ever, mm-hmm. we'll have like a Star Wars episode. Sounds good. And uh, it will break all of our records. So many people will want to hear about it. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it'll just be like an episode of like, Nate, stop fidgeting. I do what I want. And then like, <laughs> like you'll forget to like edit out one or two of my coughs. And then there'll be like a random Nate fart. And then like maybe some insights on Star Wars. All I got to say. I'm definitely not a, an authority on Star Wars. Like, I like it, but I do not know the universe the way I know Star Trek. So it's mostly just going to be a pretty uninformed opinion of like, I like this because it put yep. entertaining lights in front of my eye holes. Right. Not because right. I no, like we, know we, anything. I, I know next to nothing. I know what you can find in the movies yeah. and not even that well. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're neither of us are like big Star Wars aficionados. So. Mm-mm. But um, I'll certainly give you my opinion on yeah, it if you want to listen. But hey, you know, what's what's better than an uninformed position and uh, a poorly formed opinion? Yeah. Um, uh, just a like a, a half-filled jelly donut, I guess. All right. Well, cool. Thank you guys <laughs> for <know>. listening. <laughs> I'm bad at <laughs> improvising. <laughs>
Don't ask me questions. I have too much cold medicine. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you have some other... Um... We have to ask the, the people about the oh, air yeah. conditioning. So if you are from Vegas or you know anything about the West Coast or, or just Vegas in general or the yeah. desert, uh, a weird thing that we noticed here was that all of the air conditioning units are on top of the houses. Like root on the roofs. Why? Why? Tell us why. Because it seems awfully inconvenient. Yeah, it seems weird. If your air conditioner were to break or have an issue. Yeah, or if it like leaked water. Yeah. Like, why are they all on the roof? Is it like a local law? Is Is it like like heat rises? So you push it from above? Is it more efficient? We could Google it, but we're lazy. No, we're not going to. We're going to leave it to you, the audience. We want you guys to do the research and hit us up on the ground. Yeah, hit on the ground. (laughs) Hit on the ground. All right. All right. Hey folks, this is Rachel from UtilityMuffinLabs.com. If you enjoyed the Playing Hooky podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at HookyPodcast. On Instagram and Facebook, at our Utility Muffin Labs name. And support us on YouTube, at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and the Nerd Words Podcast. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate. Mm-hmm.